Do you remember the last time you picked up a pen and noticed the quality? How about a razor you handled that didn't feel cheaply made? When was the last time a product made a true and lasting impression on you? In this era of the mass-produced and disposable, anything lovingly handcrafted seems to be a rare thing. Maybe it's time for a change, and Spindlecraft can help. At Spindlecraft, passion and superior quality make it stand out from the faceless, automated crowd. Material for each piece of work is thoughtfully chosen, crafted, sanded, and finally polished with the kind of attention to detail and dedication you can't get off of an assembly line. At Spindlecraft, they know that quality of the material is as important as the quality of the craftsmanship and is a reflection of both the artist and the customer. So rather than buying some cheap pens or razors that you won't give a second thought, purchase something from Spindlecraft. To see what they have to offer, go to www.spindlecraft.com and at the checkout, enter the word GEEKS. That's G-E-E-K-S to get 10% off. We're sure that once you have a Spindlecraft product in your hand, you won't want to put it down. Welcome to the Freaking Geeks Podcast, the flagship podcast of Freaking Geeks Media. In this podcast, hosts Michael, Sarah, and Barry crank the geekiness to 11, covering everything from movies and television to pop culture, video games, books, and so much more. If this is your first time listening, then thanks for coming. The podcast is produced each week, so feel free to add us to your favorite RSS feed or on iTunes. You can follow us on Twitter and Facebook. The links will be in the show notes. Okay, now it's time to start the show. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of the podcast. I'm your host, Michael, and with me are my two co-hosts tonight, uh, Raker and Jacob. Hola. All right, uh, Jacob, got a question for you, which is... Sorry about that. I'm back. Oh, okay. So you 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 were gone. You were gone. For I the t- intro. put the chat. Be right back. Sorry. Oh, sorry. <laughs> it's okay. It's all right. No, my dog was freaking out and scratching at the door. I was like, you know, what? no, you're going in the crate. I tried it. I was gonna see if she could behave. And nope. Well, there you go, listeners. Uh, you know, this stuff happens, right? We we have animals. You know, what are you gonna do? Uh, it's, you know, you got. <laughs> I've got cats that uh, want to jump up on my desk and. I uh, help uh, lead the podcast. So <laughs> that's just the uh, part of life. So, uh, okay. Yeah. All right. So let's do this. Um, we're here to review Ant-Man Quantumania. Yep. And it's, um, you know, I think it's a movie we can all agree was, you know, something we were really looking forward to. A lot of people were, of course. It's a Marvel movie. And I think the Ant-Man movies have been kind of low-key. Mm-hmm. You know, some of my... I don't know if favorite is the right word, but I think they have been pleasant surprises since the first Ant-Man movie mm. overall. And I, I just feel like they've grown for me over time, you know, um, and the character of Scott has grown on me. Not that I didn't like him to begin with. I mean, it, I don't even know if you can actually dislike Paul Rudd. Um, 
because how how can you? He's just a he's a fun guy, and he's just one of those people that I always enjoy seeing on screen. So I don't think the universe would like people that don't like Paul Rudd. So I've always liked you know him as an actor, and you know Scott as a character, and. I think the first two Ant-Man movies, I'm looking back, and, and I think I think I was like, you know, kind of in the middle on them. You know, maybe slightly above, like, like above average, you know, movies, uh, in my opinion. And, you know, I think that as time has gone on, I've liked them more and more. And so I was really looking forward to this movie. Uh, it's, uh, you know, it's a 2023 release. Um you know the the budget for this thing was two hundred million dollars, and so far it's hmm. made three hundred sixty seven point five million dollars. Um, with a cast of well, obviously Paul Rudd, Bill Murray makes an appearance, which is nice. Hmm. Uh, Evangeline Lilly, obviously Michelle Pfeiffer, uh, Michael Douglas, and Catherine Newton plays uh, Cassie, uh, and Jonathan Majors plays Kang, uh, Kang the Conqueror. Um, so Jacob, tell me what your overall non-spoiler thoughts are on this movie. Um, yeah, it was, it was a fun ride. Like all the previous ones, it was filled to the brim with jokes and humor like usual. But I I think one of the, the things I really enjoyed that they did such a good job with this one, especially I feel like they, they brought a lot more heart into it. At least I think so with Paul and his daughter, or Scott and his daughter uh, and the whole situation with that. And that uh, as they progress and a lot of the family issues that they had to traverse while going through everything, it was just a lot of, a lot of fun blended with a lot of heart. And so to me, that really, I think that set this up a little bit higher than the previous two for me, for this movie. Um, it, it was just, I don't know. It, I think it was a lot better, well-rounded of a movie compared to the previous two, and especially in regards to, of course, the bad guy in comparison to the previous two was significantly better. So, um, I don't know. I think overall it was just a, it was the best of the three and quite enjoyable. There was a couple of moments here and there that I was like, okay, then we're going to go that route. But, um, yeah. Okay. Uh, Raker, can you give me your overall broad thoughts in the movie? I really enjoyed it. You know, I I was never a big I'm, I'm almost in the same ballpark as you, Michael. You know, I mean, like the first two were just kind of under the radar. I was never, you know, I was I always enjoyed, you know, one and two, but definitely nothing that, you know, when I'm having those conversations uh, about Marvel movies, am I always going back to Ant-Man? Um, but this I I think this was my favorite of the three now. And. You know, it had that nice blend, like you said, of heart, uh, comedy. Um, I, I love the whole cast. I think the casting tied together really nicely. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I just, I was really, you know, I ended up watching it myself. I went to the movies myself to see this movie. And, and I saw it in 3D. And it was, yeah, it was worth it. It was great. I really enjoyed it. It had kind of like a Guardians vibe to it. A little bit, yeah. What, it, you does, know what I mean? The effects of the Quantum Realm seem very much like a blend of like Guardians meets Doctor Strange. There you go. And it, was, it was really cool to see some of the effects of all of that. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. Yeah, Paul Rudd knocked it up. You know, I can't say knocked it out of the park. I mean, Paul Rudd's Paul Rudd. Paul he's, Rudd did Paul Rudd. Yeah, <laughs> he did Paul Rudd. He's... And he's he's perfect for the you know for that yeah. character. He's he's really, you know, I was never a big Ant Man guy, but you know, um, he did a great job. He, you know, he kind of defined the character almost like what I don't want to put him in the same class as RDJ. You know what I mean? How he redefined Iron Man, but you it's know, hard Paul, to imagine anyone else being Scott Lang though. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. I, I get what you mean, and, and it's like with Hank Pym. I can't really imagine anyone besides Michael Douglas. Like, I mm-hmm. I think. They cast the best people they could. For I think they roles. did, yeah, and I think they were very successful with it. Absolutely, yeah. Um, well, I'm not as high on it as you guys. Oh, put it that way. Ooh. Um, oh. this movie to me feels like if I, you know, if you look at the all the Marvel movies that have been made, this probably sits somewhere in the middle of the pack maybe all movies ever made no 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 just the marvel movies Uh, you know look at the very best of the marvel movies all the way down to the very worst this is probably somewhere in like kind of the lower to mid tier in my opinion for me I, i didn't it didn't work as well for me as I thought it was going to be. And I like here, here's, let me just say this. I went into this movie knowing nothing. I didn't watch any trailers. I didn't watch the teaser. I didn't watch anything. All I knew about this movie, just because I had picked up on it at some point, like long time ago, was that Kang was going to be in this movie. And that's all I knew. I knew nothing else. I don't know how they got there. I didn't know anybody they would encounter there. Knew nothing. So when I walked in and sat in the movie theater and this came on, I was like, I just I'm excited to find out what's gonna happen because I didn't know what we were getting into, and I just came out of the movie just. There's some parts of it that I really like, and there's some parts that I just could have done without, personally, um, and it just all came out to be a bit of a mishmash and. It didn't feel like it was a real effort on Marvel's part. I didn't feel like they were trying anything. I mean, outside of Kang, who I think was great in this movie. Um, and we'll get into some of the actors and performances and stuff, but there was just a lot of stuff that just left me cold. I wasn't feeling it. It didn't work for me. Um so I kind of came away with like, you know, I was walking out the movie theater with my brother. We were talking about it. Um, and there's some things I want to pinpoint, some problems that I have. And it's not just for this movie, but in general um, for Marvel right now. But I had some problems with this movie for sure. So I'll just say that I enjoyed it. 
to a degree. It's worth seeing. I'm not saying, like, hey, this is terrible. Don't go watch this. Don't waste your time. But for me, at least, it didn't work nearly as well as I had hoped, as I thought mm. it was going to. So. Uh, all right, so let's get into uh, spoiler talk. So from here on out, we are going to be diving into the movie, talking about pretty much everything. So if you haven't seen it yet, certainly don't listen in, uh, or maybe you don't care, which is fine. <laughs> just sit and listen to us maybe babble that, Maybe on that's about. why you are listening. Yeah, or maybe you just want to know what we think and you don't care about spoilers, yeah. which is fine. But mm. spoiler warning, so here we go. Um. Spoiler warning, Ant-Man dies. Yeah. I'm kidding. Dang, you gave it away. Okay. You gave I it know, away. Right? Sorry. That's ridiculous. Uh, uh, you know, I hate to say this, but I think if that were the case, I don't know how many people would really care. I hate to say it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I never hear anyone talk about Ant-Man ever. I think he's one of those low-key guys that everyone likes, but it doesn't – it's not like um, Iron Man. You know, like the, mm. the passion for the character isn't there, but everybody likes them. Yeah. You know, um, he doesn't bring out any negative feelings, but he also doesn't bring out the super like opposite, like just the complete. He, total he always kind of uh, felt like an afterthought in Marvel. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, Mindset for the for the movies. And it it really I wouldn't say shows, but it they they always felt like they were trying at least after the second one and now with this one that they were they're using it more for what they can branch off and explain and other things especially now with two of them uh the last one all the quantum time travel dusting solution and then this now kang gonna be involved in everything in the future uh it's just i don't know it, it feels like ant-man has become marvel's deus ex machina for how they're gonna approach the next few movies yeah yeah it, it's um man Which, this yeah okay so let me start out okay i want to I want to start out with the performances. Let's let's do the performances first because then I can we can dive into the other stuff. Uh, from a performance standpoint, I think everybody did a good job. You know, mm-hmm. um, I think I was I was actually really uh, pleasantly surprised by the actress that plays Cassie. I thought she did a really good job in this movie. Um, uh, Catherine Newton. Yeah, Catherine Newton. I thought. Yeah, you know, I thought she did too. Yeah, she yeah. was good. But um, she's not. Uh, she's. Got some quite a bit of acting chops under her. Yeah, she does. Yeah, yeah. I was say, she looked very familiar. And that's great. Uh, Supernatural. Yeah. If you're a fan uh, of that show, mm-hmm. well, I'm not, but I know what you mean. Yeah. Yeah. So, I don't been like it. I just stuff. never sat and watched it. Yeah. It's, it, it, she's great, and you know, and I think obviously, I've, and then you got a bunch of veteran actors around her. Obviously, you know, Michelle Pfeiffer, and yeah. Michael Douglas. They, they're like they, they bring their A game. They just do. Like, mm-hmm. is this an Academy Award winning performances? No, but it's not Academy Award winning uh, script either. Um, but they just come oh, in and they can do their barely job get in actual Academy Award winning level movies to get nominated right, well, for Academy Awards. That's true. Um, 
yeah, like I, look, I, I, they all do a great job, and obviously, you know, Evangeline Lilly's good, and so is you know Paul Rudd, and yep. so everybody, the performances to, to me were really just excellent, you know, and I really liked that some of the, like the newer characters to an extent, although I really, oh God, I really did not like. I can't think of her name. It's not her specifically. That's. Uh, I'll talk about that in a few minutes. Um, <laughs> I don't want to get into the plot stuff, but this okay. So, uh, Raker, did you did you have any thoughts on the performances? I thought they were all good. I mean, Michael Douglas actually. I I like the way the end of the movie. Very predictable, but you know, I I'm, I'm starting to like Michael Douglas more as Hank Pym. First yeah. I thought I thought first I thought okay well whatever Michael Douglas he's an old actor but he's a big name so of course Marvel's going to throw him in there just for recognition but you know what like after this last one I'm I'm sold on him being Hank and uh I'm I kind of sold on the whole family dynamic thing going on there in this movie you know like it's all pretty believable you know like all the actors did well enough acting like they truly were who they were you yeah. know, husband, wife, uh, daughter, boyfriend, you know, uh, grandkid, you know. So, mm-hmm. no, I I thought the performances were all good. I'm not saying anyone's going to, you know, bring home an Oscar. But, you know, they were all good. I mean, I think probably the best actor in the bunch was Jonathan Majors. Oh, of course. Yes. But, oh, yeah. yeah right. But because he had, I think, the coolest role, though, too. He had the most scenery to chew, the, I, you know. Yeah. That... I, I think it's a combination of the script, and I think he's at a weird point that he's still new mm-hmm. enough to where he's putting like he know like he's putting in the oh. the he's going above and beyond. Yeah, I, 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 he he's of a different level. I think just in general. No offense to any of the other actors, but like especially after Lovecraft Country with him, I. Which I didn't like, by the way, but that's... The, the show discussion. itself had its hits or misses, but I liked him in it. I mm-hmm. think he did a phenomenal job. And just looking at Creed 3 trailers... Oh, I he, know. Dude, right now, he he is... He's the guy he's, right now. Yeah, I think he's like how Michael B. Jordan was... There you go. ...just before Creed 1. Yep, yep. fair. Yep. yep. I, think and, he, I think he's what uh, Washington's son wishes he was. Right. Mm-hmm. Denzel Washington's kid. What's his name? Uh, oh God! I anyway, and I think he's a fine actor. Uh, I just think he's just not at that level. No, nah, I think Jonathan Majors just took over. Mm-hmm. You know yeah. what I mean? I think right now he just took over. Yep. Yeah. yeah. But anyway, you know, in terms of the acting, yeah, I think you know he, just, he had the coolest role to work with too. You know what I mean? Like true. Well, and he also had a little bit that he could. It's it's such a weird situation too. Because he did have a little bit to chew on beforehand, too. Even though this was mm-hmm. the big cinematic appearance of Kang, he had Loki to kind of correct get a little bit of vibe for what kind of character and get some influence. And from yeah. what I have gathered uh, from interviews about Creed Three, he got a lot of uh, a lot of just input and help into deep diving into different lore from Michael B. Jordan. Oh, okay. Because uh, in in the interview for that, he was talking about how he was getting him into 
anime like crazy. And so yep. like they've they spent a lot of time in it. And so it would not surprise me if with that kind of relationship he went to him about some of this stuff too. Yeah. Yeah, I read that as well about him and his anime connection. Michael yeah. B. Jordan Michael B. Jordan's anyway. Yeah. So I, I could absolutely see because I mean, why wouldn't he? Like going into Creed three and having Michael B. Jordan that's already been there and been in MCU stuff now. Yeah. to like hey but yeah i'm he's definitely the standout yeah 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 all right let's let's talk about some plot stuff um michael's least favorite part yeah. so far yeah yeah um <laughs> you know he goes into okay the notebook or something yeah i okay so let me let me just say this. Um, if if I've got a variant that I know is the most dangerous thing in the the most dangerous thing in the universe, and I have to decide, in the multiverse. huh? In the multiverse. Well, okay, in the multiverse. I mean, yes, the multiverse. <laughs> to yeah, we're not even doing universe multiverse. Um. If I've got a variant that I'm terrified of, right, a, you know, another variant of myself, and I've got all these variants around me, and we've all come to the conclusion that this particular variant is you know, needs to be gone for the sake of everything. Mm-hmm. Here's an idea. Kill him. You don't exile him, because you know what people in exile can do? Return. That is a stupid idea. Sorry, you kill him. You can bring all your powers, you get all these variants, you come together and you annihilate him. And then you don't have to worry about him anymore. But no, they exile him. They're thinking, oh, well, we're good, folks. You know, we exiled him. There's no way he can come back, which is stupid because, yeah, he's going to come back and he's going to terrorize. But the only problem is... If you kill him, what's to say something else doesn't happen worse? It sure, that's that's or, possible. But or the way it, it was kind of led to believe because Kangs just keep appearing constantly mm-hmm. as just another version of the exact same kind of Kang comes back again. What if to prevent it from just keep cycling? Possibly, I guess. I, I, I think it's a situation where it's due to the weird nature of the character. And being a comic book fan, and Rake might be able to back me up a little bit on this, I don't know, of his extensive knowledge of Kang variants in the comics. Shit is crazy with the variants of Kang. Like, it is the so heavily spread... Like we saw a little bit at the end of this, it's significantly worse in the comics. <laughs> like Kang influence is nuts. Yeah, yeah. Actually, I'm I'm fairly ignorant on Kang's uh, history in the comics, even. Um, but I I know what you mean. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah true. I mean, that, like, yeah, you, you there's the a truth. team version of him in the comics that becomes 
a member of the Young Avengers. That's a good guy trying to stop future Kang. Like you get, you want to talk about timey wimey crazy stuff. Kang involved is gonna make it so much more timey wimey crazy stuff. Like Doctor Strange was like a kids meal version of it. To be completely honest, it, it well, goes crazy. You know, actually, that brings up a point I wanted to bring up anyway. One of the things that I really worry about when it comes to this, these phases mm-hmm. of the MCU, okay, is this exact issue. Okay, mm-hmm. so to, the way I guess I look at this is if you go back to the first three phases of the Marvel MCU, they were easily understandable. You know, even if you were someone that never read the comics, couldn't tell Iron Man from, you know, Spider-Man, right? Uh, and, and went in and just watched these movies alone. All right. Maybe not initially, of course, because they didn't make it so explicit. But it wasn't that long before you realized that these stones, right, the Infinity Stones, were both important and powerful. And when it came time for Thanos to come on stage, really come on stage, you understood what the stakes were very easily. It was an easily digestible story. And the problem that I have here, not just with this movie, but really just the last, you know, the phase four, and now we're entering phase five, this is the kickoff to phase five, is that this is where things can get really confusing. And for the average person who doesn't read co- these comics, doesn't know anything about this, this to me, I, I'm, I'm actually kind of terrified about the possibility that the average viewer is going to sit down to watch these movies. And after a few movies here, they're going to be like, I don't understand what the hell they're talking about. I'm out of here. I'm checking out. Yeah. And I think that that's a legitimate fear because unless they can find a way to easily explain this, like not as like people are stupid, just like it can be confusing when you deal with time travel or in this case, multiverses, things like that. Like if you don't find a good way of explaining it, the average person can understand they're not going to want to stick around to watch movies about something they don't get. It just feels like it's way over their head. And there's like 8 million roles or the roles are just made up on the fly as they need to be. And that uh-huh. to me is, I have legit fear about that moving forward. Yeah, it, 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 it I, I definitely understand that because it, it makes it also um, predicated on the fact that they're assuming people watched the shows too. Which is which, a problem. Which is a problem. which is a which is a problem. I yeah. don't disagree. I will say it's not in today's climate. I will not lie. It is not super uncommon to think that people will have watched the shows. Especially, I won't lie. Loki is probably going to be at least one of the more watched because fans love Loki as a character as well as Tom Hiddleston. So I think they're safe for now. 
but I get where you're coming from because it is a, a concern where what if they make a show that literally has no, like I'll watch it, but I'm not the, not everyone is. And they're going to put an important character in there that makes no sense when they appear in the freaking MCU. Like, honestly speaking, I have that concern about the moon Knight. Yeah. Because don't get me wrong. I love moon Knight as a character and I love the show. At least the character in the show, most of the show. Um, I worry that because he's not a character most people would know and like when they bring him in, which they probably will in a Blade movie, it's going to be that issue that you're talking about. Mm-hmm. And it, it's a fair concern. Yeah. They're getting a little too, let's make everything connected. Yeah. And the problem too is, you know, and I don't think the Ant-Man, I know we're kind of going off on a tangent here, but um, Ant-Man doesn't strike me as somebody that can be an important aspect like the core of the mcu because in phases one through three the core was iron man captain america and thor right that was the those are the three characters really that the mcu revolved around and part of the problem that i feel like we have now and i think that this movie is you know is charming charming as it can be at times. This is a good representation of why that's a problem because Ant-Man is a fine character. I enjoy Ant-Man, but like I said before, I don't love Ant-Man. People don't have strong feelings about Ant-Man. Like, Oh man, Mm -hmm. I can't wait to see Ant-Man for the most part. Maybe there's some people out there, but for the most part, it doesn't elicit like, a very, very strong reaction. I mean, even Star-Lord in Guardians of the Galaxy elicited a much stronger reaction, I think, than, you know, Ant-Man does. Um, but there's no core here. I mean... Well, yeah. right now, we don't have a core in general. Exactly. For that's the MCU. The, and I think the that's the big problem is because... Yes. At least with Phase 1 of the MCU, we got... Iron Man, we got mm-hmm. Thor, we got Captain America. Yep. Everyone who watched those knew if they were going to do a team-up movie, mm-hmm. they were going to be in it. Yep. Like, right now, there are so many moving bells and whistles, parts, actors, characters, everything, you name it. We have no clue outside of the Thunderbolts movie, what the good guy team-up squad is going to be comprised of. Yep. We have ideas because we've heard rumors, whispers of a young Avengers. Mm-hmm. But until I see on the timeline, young Avengers, I... <laughs> What is the next Avengers movie going to have? Like, who is it going to be? Yeah. No, I agree. Like, that's and, my and problem. That's, that's, a, that's the problem is, like, we can't look at Ant- 
Hawkeye. The, the Hawkeye could barely make it through his own show. Yep. He's old. It, yeah. Well, and they can't now. Mm-hmm. Freaking no. Jeremy Renner lost his leg. Yep. Like, it, <laughs> Doctor Strange is in a weird situation. Like, the the movies of char- Avengers characters right now are kind of sheets to the wind. <laughs> it, the MCU right now is an amorphous blob. Yeah, it, it's so undefined yeah. that I think that's yep. a problem for the time being. And this is where a lot of people are getting upset. They're like, there's no over our, like, we have no clue what's going on. And it's fair. We don't. Once we get that big team up movie, I think we will know what everything was leading up to. And it retroactively will make sense, but it's going to be rough till we get that. Yeah. And, and, you know, they just announced that they're cutting back on projects. Yeah. Uh, at least for sure. The shows. Well, well, even for the movies, uh, yeah, they're, they're, they're coming back on the movies. Yeah. They're pushing the movies on the back. Shows. And I uh, think that's, I think that, I think that Marvel has a quality control problem. Agreed. I will say I am excited about the other announcement that they that Kevin Feige officially did say. Yep. Deadpool three is in production. Yep. I'm yeah, so and, and that's and that. that's all it's all great. Um, but I do I do think that they they've got way too many uh, irons in the fire. Agreed. They've got the talent is spread too thin. There's only so Ooh. many people that can work on this movie. When you start pulling in, Jeez. extra people. That probably aren't up to the same quality just because you need them for Agreed. these other movies. You know, if you look at the first three phases, it was a lean, mean machine. You know, the, for the very most part. best were on each movie. And now we've just got, we've got tons of movies and TV shows. And it's just like. I, I will say <laughs> that that is one thing. Unfortunately, though. Yeah, it was lean mean. Like it was pretty straightforward. It, it it's that double edged sword too. Mm-hmm. Everybody's like, well, where are they going to go from here? You can't do the same kind of thing. And even those for even the Infinity Saga, it had its stinkers. Mm-hmm. Sure, it, it it had its stinkers. We can't just like I I wish I could reminisce and look back at with nostalgia and be like, all of them were great. I still remember Thor too. Yeah, but let me tell you what. There was a period there for a while where just about every movie they brought out was a banger. I True. mean, you went yeah. from you went from Winter Soldier, right? Okay, and some people hate, you know, Iron Man 3 and, and fine. Yeah, you know, okay. I get that. That one is a very divisive but movie. You had you had Winter Soldier, then you went Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah. yeah, Captain America: Civil War, and the uh, more maybe. I tell you what, the more I, the more I've seen it, I, I my opinion of Age of Ultron actually goes up. Yeah, oh. right. It's better now than it was back then. I think it's way better. You had yes, yeah, so then you had Civil War. Age You're of looking Ultron. at that through nostalgic colored you know, glasses. You have, uh, um, what's the other ones? Guardians two, which I think I've always you know I thought Gal- Guardians two I think is a lot better than than. People remember. I think that that one is really good. You have uh, oh, Guardians Two is great. Yeah, you have yeah, Age of right. Ultron or not Age of Ultron. You have uh, Infinity War. You have Endgame. Um, you know, it's just like bam. Oh, oh, Black Panther. Um, 
The only one in there that maybe you could go eh was was Captain Marvel. You know? Yeah, I definitely I definitely say eh. Uh, yeah, but, Captain Marvel's I mean, eh. You're talking like the first two Thors. Yeah. Eh. You're, you're talking you talk Oh, in Ragnarok. Oh, Ragnarok. Was Ragnarok. Great. And and yeah. so like the thing is like okay, yeah, there's maybe an occasional stinker in there. But like I just got finished watching you know, Thor a few months ago. And it just makes me want to drive a spike through my skull. You know, um, (laughs) there's some jokes here and there that were funny, but it's like you rewatch it again. And I'm just like, do you have to undercut every serious moment with a joke? Which can't one? You just, can't you just let a serious moment be thunder. a serious moment? Oh, I know. I agree with you, Michael. Love and Thunder was such a disappointment. It's like it's like okay, yeah. as good as Thor Ragnarok was, it's like we're gonna try and uh, you know do better or or go bigger. That's what they did. The comedy went bigger in Thor Love and Thunder. Yeah, and you know because if you look at the Phase Four, No Way Home is excellent. Okay. Mm-hmm. In my opinion, just for me, and I know I know you love Eternals. So even if you set Eternals aside though, everything else outside of that, in my opinion, for phase four was pretty much garbage. For the most part. Not I mean not garbage, but I mean it was very, very disappointing. Love and Thunder Multiverse of Madness wasn't that bad. Multiverse of Madness was okay. I did not like what they did with Scarlet Witch. I, yeah, I, I agreed. I just don't like what they did with their character. I still think that they. I know why and how it happened, but I still say to this day that having her go from WandaVision and her character arc there to going to this just felt like realizing you made a mistake and just it's like I accidentally hit somebody with my car and I made a terrible mistake. Then I'm going to get out, grab a knife, and I'm going to stab somebody in the neck. Like, okay, I just found out I made a bad mistake. I feel so terrible about it. I and mean, now I'm going to do something like 800 times worse. I'm just going to go on a killing rampage with a knife. It's like, what? Come on. That makes no sense. Here's an idea. Yeah. You I will even... say I think this is uh, this feels like it's kind of getting back towards an uptick. <sighs> I agree. I'll agree with that. Yeah. Yeah. I'm because hoping. like, look at what movies we have coming next. We got guardians three, which is going to be, be awesome. Yeah. Even if it's a mid guardians movie is still going to be a great guardian. Yes, great I'm totally excited for it. It's going to be awesome. Yeah. I think so. Then we got, uh, what's the next movie? Oh God. What was the next movie? Captain America, new world order. Okay. Coming next year. Yep. Uh, but before that, we have a. It's not MCU, but I like to still consider it uh, the new Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. Oh, that is going to be so. I'm gonna. I'm so amazing. excited. I think. I think people are. It's it's a big combination of just, like you mentioned, they need to slow down. Yes. They need to. They need to reevaluate. Yeah. Let's take them. Take a breather. Let's not release four movies in a year. Yeah, plus two, two or three TV shows. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah and then next year we also got the Thunderbolts movie. Yep. Blade next year. Yep. Yeah. 
It's true. Everything is. I, I, I'm going to go. I think, I think we're on the uptick. I think it's just, it's every, they, they're trying to do too much. And I think everybody is still just on a high from infinity war and end game. Yeah. To a and I think it was dumb of them to come out of that with black widow. <laughs> I am sorry. Yeah. The dumbest decision to yeah. lead off. After that, for an MCU movie, I know Spider-Man is in there as well, but, like, come on. Yep. That at least makes sense. Black Widow was just the dumbest decision they could have made to release that then. Yeah. Honestly, yeah, that they pushed the, it back uh, so far. That uh, apology tour. Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of what her. it felt you know like. I mean? yeah. yeah. But, it, like, it just, at that point, like, they should have given her a show instead. I would have been fine with that. But a movie with that character that we just lost kind of felt like, why was this decided to be now? Yeah. Because, like, at least with Loki, it felt like that made sense. You know, that was explained and justified in a way that, like, you know what? Even though we lost this character in Infinity War, I don't feel bad about seeing him come back. Yeah. Yeah, I, yeah. I, just, I think that they before. came out of the they came out of the gate of Endgame and they forgot to tie their damn shoes and fell flat on their face. <laughs> well, oh, like, and the, and the thing it's is, really like, what it felt like, and it, they just have been stumbling to catch get back up on that horse. What's, what's been even worse, frankly, is that with COVID, okay, oh, COVID yeah. hit, so much it, stuff got delayed and pushed it, back. It, yeah, but, but here's the thing: with COVID being, you know, being, you know. You basically were delayed for about nine months. And what makes this all worse is that nobody had anything to do but sit around. So yeah. you tell me you can't sit around and say, okay, I guess I can't go anywhere. So I'm going to polish this script until it's like shimmering. Agreed. And the fact that... Oh, I, the, I did forget a movie. The Marvels this it, year as well. Yeah. I just realized. The Marvels, yes. But that one yeah, I'm not looking forward to. I'm yeah, not going to lie. I, I, I think that... You know, the fact that the projects are not of even higher quality because of all that time afforded is a real They they should have been able to make those scripts. uh, If they had already had stuff done, editing out the ass done on those to make them look spotless. Yeah, because like, okay, not every Marvel movie in the first three phases was you know, a gold standard movie, but I always got the sense that they were crafted. The scripts mm-hmm. were honed, you know, for the most part. And they were, especially when you got from phase two uh, to through phase three, like where they mm-hmm. kind of figured out what they did really well. Like the scripts were, were honed to an exceptional degree and they're not now. So, you know, yeah. Let's just hope that they learn their lesson here and they start going back to, you know what, we're going to release like two movies a year and we're going to make sure they're the best versions of those movies we can make. It's not all, it's it's about quality, not quantity. That's what I want. I want great, great movies. You know? So, but, all right. I mean, sorry, we've gone off on like a 20 minute tangent here. <laughs> um, here's something I didn't like. With the, the exception of a few jokes, 
Modoc. I'm sorry. Yeah. Modoc. I will wholeheartedly agree with you there. And this, let me just say, this is also a sign of being stretched too thin. Okay, you have a two hundred million dollar movie, and Modoc looked terrible with that mask up. I mean, they literally just took uh, his face and they just stretched it. I mean, to be fair, that's kind of Modoc. I know, I know, I get that, I get it, I get it. I understand. I've seen the pictures. I mean, I don't. Modoc looks know. terrible, even in the comics. Like I get it. you can't draw that premise not right. looking goofy. But like, I understand that in the comics. But you know, if you've got to change that because you want to make it actually look not ridiculous and just terrible bad CGI make the change yeah, and make him not look so much that bothered ridiculous. me too and I don't like Modoc as a character period I never understood and he, he's not one they shouldn't have brought him in and they this. turn him in comic it relief. makes no sense for Modoc to have been in this I mean the only yeah. thing that he did was they, they made it make sense they, well, I mean yeah. they made it make sense but it it just was his it own, was forced. His only purpose, yeah. real purpose in this movie, was that because he was there, he was able to supply Kang with information on who Scott was and Cassie. And then and it Hank. could be a betrayal to Kang. Right. And it, it, he, it was literally the epitome of a deus ex machina just there for that reason. He literally served no other purpose but being a plot point. Like and, character development didn't really like even the stuff they tried to force was not good. Yeah, because oh, who cares? No one give, one. Why would you pick Darren Cross? Like other than the fact, like the only reason they did it was him was because of the information on the Pym and Lang yeah. family. Because. If you ask anybody about their opinions of the first one, that anyone will agree, Darren Cross was a shit villain. Yep. And in like, even if you wanted to say, okay, we want to rectify that, right? Okay, we want to take, we have a second chance to take a swipe at this, you know, or a, we have a second chance of the, a bite at this apple, basically, a second bite. We're going to try and rectify that mistake. He was a terrible villain, and we're going to, you know, we're going to make it so that, okay, yes, obviously Kang is the de facto villain here, but we're going to have a second chance to kind of do him justice. Mm-hmm. And they didn't, they made it worse. Yeah. I mean, they literally, make it, they, they could have made mode instead of making Modoc a running joke, which is basically, honestly, I would have been fine with them literally making up a whole new character, which is fine. But Darren Cross but, to have been besides Modoc, right? But even like it, it literally made no points for him to be Modoc, right? I get that, but they <laughs> wanted to fit him in there. But like, if you're gonna do it, fine. Here's an idea though: make him an actual badass villain. You know, make him the yeah. you know put put him in like a fucking RoboCop level suit or something. I mean, make him like, you know, he's, you can make him the right hand man of uh, um, Kang. Okay. And, yeah. but not like, okay, yes, he could never beat Kang in a fight. Kang would kill him in about two seconds. But for what he is on his own, he should have been a very deadly villain for Scott and Cassie and, you know, everyone to face. Yeah, that's true. And yeah. he wasn't, he was just became a running joke. And then he yeah, died. like he was so useless. Like it, he didn't even fight. 
Ant-Man or the Wasp. She was yeah. trying to fight and still losing to a girl who had barely used the suit and the powers. Yep. Who couldn't even throw a punch normally. Basically, yet. yes. And, and so, uh, yeah, it, it, was, it was just uh, terribly done with that. I wholeheartedly agree. It yeah. was so bad. Yeah. And it makes it even worse because every other character besides the the family was terrified of him. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, here's a question for you. We see, um, we see Kang absolutely obliterate people all around him with his powers, right? Mm-hmm. He just like, just, just vaporizing people. Mm-hmm. And you're like, damn, this guy is actually like really, really powerful. He's going to really. But you know, well, to be fair, he actually has no powers. <laughs> All of it is, is future tech. Wow. Oh, okay, that fine. requires energy. Okay, <laughs> That's fine. one of the I main mean... reasons why. All right, uh, but <laughs> still, okay, but still, he he's vaporizing people. Oh yeah, no, he's uh, he's nuts with that future tech. And but yet, when he goes to face have Ant Man and everybody else, there's 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 that tech just man that just stuff disappears. Now it's just throwing some punches and and kicking, you know. Um, yeah, it. I get it. I know you can't be prize everybody. The movie's over. Um, but you know, I I I just wish that they would have been a little more consistent there. I suppose. Um. Yeah, I think for me, yeah, uh, they they need to quit calling these movies Ant Man because like he spent more time giant form than he did ant form. Like he spent the last climactic fight either normal sized or bigified. Like at what point is he Ant Man anymore? <laughs> like it's just it's one of the things. It's like. I get like it's cool you can do your you know I was like, half expecting the you know hey hey Godzilla soundtrack to start <laughs> blaring in the final fight but like I don't know man it it to, to me it's starting to get to the point where like they know he's not the greatest character so they're using the one thing that makes him kind of actually better, and that's when he goes gigantified compared to, you know, the Ant-Man stuff. That, I don't know. To me, that really kind of irked me a little, because it's like... I don't know. Um, Here's a question for you, Raker. Mm-hmm. The movie is called Ant-Man and the Wasp in Quantumania. And <laughs> I, I, I've always liked Evangeline Lilly, but I honestly barely remember if she's in this movie. I mean, yeah. she she there's stretches of this movie yeah. where I, I, I'm like, did she have any dialogue in this scene? I mean, she literally yeah. takes some, like, she takes a I major think the most screen time she movie. had was when she was ripping into her mom about her secret life in the quantum realm. That That's it. Yeah. Like, that was the most dialogue we got of her. Yeah. 
I mean, there was really nothing else. Like all this movie was like she basically was following along where everybody else was going. She maybe occasionally said something, but it was like a few words. And it's like you have this character who's in the title who should be vitally important to this movie. But if hope for some reason got left behind where everybody else went into the quantum realm, there would have been no different, like no difference in the movie. Really? I mean, okay. Yeah. She comes back at the end and saves Scott, whatever. But, you know, generally for the movie itself, it just doesn't seem like she was even really all that important. I mean, isn't that Rick or isn't that kind of weird? Yeah. I mean, I think the only reason it's Ant-Man and the Wasp is because of the second movie. You know, I think from now on, all Ant-Man movies will be as long as the Bandoline Lily's alive and mm-hmm. the Wasp and a character, you know what I mean? Even in that movie, even if she's just on the telephone, it's going to be <laughs> Ant-Man and the Wasp. Like The 30 you know, second opening. Yeah, they could straight up Pepper Potts her and they would still call it Ant-Man and the Wasp. <laughs> right. <laughs> right you're right but no i agree michael like gee, i don't know if you combine our, all her dialogue are we looking at five minutes that's no. about right oh my god no i don't even think yeah i don't even think that like, much. don't get me wrong when she was fighting it was badass but let's be honest yeah stunt double <laughs> cg so, yeah CG? So it's CG, and the quantum so. mania thing it was just i don't know that's just corny and, you know what I mean? Yeah. It just is, you know. But I'll tell you what—I'll tell you what hooked me on this movie was that awesome trailer. Yeah, that trailer uh, yeah. really trailer hooked I didn't me. See. Like, that was great, well done, and I was hooked. And and once again, I'm glad I went and saw it because it is still, in my opinion, the best Ant-Man movie. Oh yeah, the, it's the best one of the three. Well, I, I agree. So up, there's one thing I will say. I'm—I think the biggest thing that I am upset about—they did not have the the balls. To kill off Ant-Man. Yep. They Uh, had the best way to have him actually die in a meaningful and impactful way, and they chickened out. Yeah. Or at least have him trapped. Or something. No, like, I thought they were actually going to do it. I thought they were going to kill him off or or at least trap him in the quantum realm with Kang yeah. to be pretty much tortured and to death. And they chickened out. See, that would have been a good way to elevate uh, Ant-Man's status in the yeah, Avengers right? world. Like, yeah, that would have made him, like... To make him Kang's nemesis. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, that would have been like, oh, man, you know, no one's going to stop him, blah, 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 blah. Except for Ant Man, you know, and then it yeah, goes he's back the to only this one movie. trapped down there with him to like yeah. keep no, I, him at bay. Like yeah. something, dude. Like Yeah. There's just oh neat little bow tie, everybody's back in the normal realm and happy. Now here's a question. At the end of the last Ant Man movie, it just popped in my head. At the end of the last Ant Man movie. They were actually okay. So Janet never mentions Kang, right? Nope. There's this this bit of dialogue in the beginning of this movie where she's like, "Oh, I just I didn't want to talk about it. I don't want to talk about it." It's like, okay, if the quantum realm is so dangerous because Kang is there, why at the end of the second movie would they have been actively in going into the quantum realm? 
I think it was less of them going to the quantum realm. The thing was, if I recall the way it kind of was set up in this one, wasn't that they were going there. It was they were sending messages that were linked back to them, that they did not control where those messages went. It was like a just mass-wide quantum realm, let me send a mass text to everybody down here level messaging kind of thing. You know, like sonar, let's map the whole thing. So every nook, cranny, and crevice would get pinged by it compared to Scott being on the other end with the one, like a two-way frequency. Yeah, I guess so. I, I think that's, I'm not saying it doesn't still have a loophole, but I'm, that is what I would scientifically guess why, because they were only communicating via the helmet that he had back to them like it was a radio. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, yeah, I like some. Of the yeah, th- she was just like, let's let's just let everybody know we're looking at them. <laughs> uh, yeah, that was kind of, that was really corny. You know what I mean? Yeah, like that whole. Oh, okay. And this is what I can. Well, we get sucked into it. Like, come on, man. Yeah. This mo- I, I will say this movie felt very much like a '90s. Um, mm, yeah. Like a '90s. Honey, I shrunk the kids. Yeah, you know what? Yeah, yeah. Like that's kind of the way it felt to me. Um, yeah, agreed. Yeah, I agree. Which I mean, isn't a bad thing. I don't no, mind no. that. I just think if they're going to go into that, they need to lean into it a lot better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Agreed. I mean, I think they really need to maybe do that. Um, I, I, I'll be honest. I think. What kind of one of the things that really irritated me about this movie, which apparently I know it feels like everything did, but they split everybody up, which can mm. be fine, but can be. it can be fine if you split you know them up into groups. But the problem is, like, okay, Cassie and Scott end up meeting. I can't even remember her name. Uh, they were like rebels. Yeah, I did not like that storyline. Uh, yeah. I didn't. I really didn't. I mean, in fact, every time we went back to that storyline, it completely ground that movie to a halt for me. Um, yeah. You know, I, I, I like the, the, the main actress, the, the warrior rebel. Leader. Yeah, right. She was, she was fine. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I, mean, I thought she did well and she's man she is ripped that actress i looked her up and like, man yeah that's not cgi she's literally that jacked you know um but michael getting a little bit of ronda rousey vibes over here well he's getting some ronda aroused <laughs> about it michael I shall I shall say nothing. Uh moving on. Um you know, I, I thought she did fine. Um but everything else about them just was like, don't like it, don't like it, stupid, stupid, please destroy them, kill them. Like hang, destroy. I don't care what it takes. Um 
because I just think it was dumb. And, and, you know, if they had given them something better, I think it would have been worthwhile. You know, it was like, oh, we need, you know, and again, I like Cassie, but it was like, oh, we need to go somewhere so that she has something to fight for. Like, we're going to fight with these rebels. So, you know, we have a legitimate thing that we need to fight on this planet or just whatever. (laughs) And it's like, can't you just be like, we need to get out of here. And (laughs) I don't know. Is that that good enough? Uh, Yeah. You know, so that really, really, I was like, oh, I hate this. I hate this. And so it's like, why don't I just keep them all together? Keep keep everybody together. I think it would have gone a lot better if they would have just done that. That was, yeah, yeah, that was dumb. So it was like, I'm getting some serious Ewok vibes uh, from this whole rebel whatever. Yeah, that's true. Thing. Yeah, that was, rebel that was, Alliance. Yeah. Yeah, that yeah that was, that was lame. That's true. Yeah. So, but I mean, okay, I'm going to say this because I feel like I've been ripping this movie for basically the whole time. Um, what did I like about this movie? Uh, like I said before, I like the cast. I like the performances. Uh, the CGI was good sometimes. Except for Modoc. Yeah. Uh, Modoc was, yeah. Other than that, I mean, there was sometimes it felt like it was maybe stretched a little thin, but you know, there were some sequences where it really sparkled. And uh, the city, Kang's city, was, was really nice. Yeah. Um, I thought that the the chemistry was good. I think with all the actors on the screen, um, you know the the dialogue was, for the most part, it was pretty it was pretty good. You know, pretty witty at times. Yeah, um, yeah. there were some good jokes. I did laugh. I mean, I'll say that I, I did laugh at times. I mean, I, if you take out Modox, don't be a dick. You know. <laughs> yeah, that. Um, some of the lines, man, that everything revolving around Modoc felt so forced. Yeah. Yes. Forced. Yeah. Um, but beyond that, I thought some of the dark some of the dialogue sparkled. Bill Murray was in it. That was that was nice. Um, you know, his character didn't live for good reason. Um you know, uh I mean like, again, I mean I, I guess one thing that I really would like to see is I'd like to see them change up the formula a little bit so that every movie doesn't... I know it's hard. I get it. It's incredibly hard. But every movie does not necessarily have to end with a giant fight. I would like them to try... That's one thing I liked about Loki. Yeah. Yep. Like It it didn't end with a giant climactic battle. It ended with a choice. It ended with a choice, and that was yeah. that was refreshing. I, I would like to see them find a way to come up with some different ways of telling a story that doesn't necessarily mean that we've got to have a giant battle at the end. I know that's comic books. Don't get me wrong. I understand that, you know, in the comics, that's, you know, with a lot of stuff, that's the way it is. You get to the third end of the third act, and the protagonist fights the antagonist, and... Yeah, I get that, but you know, it's just it's, it's always a fight, and mm. you know, if you want to make a good villain, you need to make the villain more powerful than the hero, and they have to be the hero of their own story, which is why Thanos was so good, uh, because as 
crazy as Thanos was, there was some insane logic to what he was saying, at least the way he was talking. And he saw himself as somebody that had to do what nobody else was capable of doing. There was mm-hmm. people you know, weren't willing to make that choice. Insane, yes. Uh, but hey, you know, in his mind, he was the hero doing the hard thing. And so far, at least, I'm liking what they got with Kang. But they need to keep, you know, following. I will say at least one positive about Kang. Yeah. No matter how many times they kill one, there's always another. Yeah. Like, that is one, only one thing about this weird situation that they have is like, you can kill one, but there's just a variant. Yeah. And I, yeah. And to me, I will say that makes it to where, like, I think that makes for a really good villain for this arc and phase. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'll be interested to see what they do. You know, um, I think it's going to be, it could be good, but um, I think from here on out, frankly, they better, they better up their level, better up their game. Because yeah. frankly, I this is probably the worst now. the MCU has looked since. Um, probably phase one. Phase one, probably uh, Thor, Captain America, which I think were pretty solid, but at the time they weren't as great as Iron Man. So people kind of were like, yeah, it's pretty good, but was no Iron Man. And then we got yeah. Avengers. <laughs> and then, you know, after that, it really, with the exception of yeah. a couple of stinkers, it was really good. So they have a lot of work to do. and But they can, I agree that they can do it. They can really rebound here, rebound. If they here. rebound really well, it'll put it up to, I think, like phase two equality. Because, like, phase two is where they had a, a, a few stinkers. But yeah. they had some greatness. Yeah, they did. You know, so we'll see what they do. But uh, yeah, I think the other thing they need to do is they need to find the core. Who who is the, like these this you know whole Kang Dynasty thing, this whole thing we're going through this next three phases, the phase four, five, and six. It's like they're trying to make like three different core. Yeah, well, cores. that's the problem. Yeah, <laughs> don't do that. That that's stupid. Make a core. You did that in the first three phases, and you need to do that here. Find. Yeah, who it's like they're trying to make a space core, mm-hmm. a young team core, and a bad guys suicide squad level core. Well, they don't do that. Uh, just pick pick you know, between two and four people and revolve the MCU around them. Let them be the gravitational force, you know, that pulls everything along. And you can ground all of the crazy stuff, you know, that goes on, uh, all the multiverse stuff. I mean, if you can grind that, or not grind it, ground it in, you know, a few characters that's the smart thing to do. You know, they, they need to be your anchors. And for us, it was Thor, Captain America, and Iron Man. They were our, our anchors in that first, you know, three phases. 
Mm-hmm. So they've got to do that. They've got to find those people, decide who they're going to be, and really put them front and center. So I'm hoping that they do that here for too long. But it's going to be interesting, if nothing oh, yeah. else. You know? So, but yeah, look, I, 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 let me just put my final thoughts here. Um, you know, I, I thought it was enjoyable. Uh, it is much as I've kind of been, I guess, kind of trashing it this whole time. You know, it's not without its positive qualities. It, and it's got plenty of those. And as much as Michael hates it. <laughs> huh? I said, as much as Michael hates it. <laughs> yes, as much as I despise this movie. Now, you know, as many problems as I think exist, at least for me personally with this movie, there's still a lot of good qualities. You know, like I said, good performances, some really good dialogue. Some, you know, when the script is on, when the script is doing what it should be doing and it's it's kind of rocking and going along, especially with the Kang stuff, um, it's really good. Um, I like the stuff they did with the Kang. Um for the most part, uh, I think that, I would have liked to see that earlier, like with him and Scott, the like petitioning him to go back to his thieving ways. Yeah, you know, but the the whole mountain of Scots was, you know, funny. You know, I got a I got a few chuckles out of out of all that, um, but you know. Eh. Yeah, it, it 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 the movie is what it is for me. It, it's a movie that I could see myself rewatching maybe once or twice after this, but it's not one that I'm going to go back. You know, for you know a ton of repeats. It's I it's not going to be Winter Soldier. It's no, 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 not Winter Soldier, not Civil War, not any of them. You know, not Guardians. Uh, yeah, th- this one is on par with, if you go back to the first three phases, I would say this one is probably on par with, uh, mm, I'd say Thor one. Yeah, maybe, maybe a the, little bit better. Maybe Captain America. I was going to say Captain, no, I was going to say Captain Marvel. Oh, Oh, I think it's better than Captain Marvel. Oh, I agree. <laughs> yeah, maybe it's a little low. Captain Marvel just... I I think maybe for one of the... Well, we'll talk about it after. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. but it's, again, it's on the lower end. I mean, not the lower end, but like the middle. You know, it's somewhere... Yeah. I, I, yeah. yeah. Captain. I think like Captain America and Thor mixed. Yeah. Kind of deal. Yeah. Because they were solid, but they weren't great. Yeah. So uh, that that's to me what I kind of put equate it to, especially with like Thor. How the great thing about Thor was the villain. The great thing about this movie was the villain. Yeah. Yep. In fact, I would have I would have been happy if they just focused this movie uh, almost a Thanos like Infinity War focus. Just on literally Thor. from the perspective of Kang, the entire movie. Yeah. That would have been great. That would have been outside the box. Even if they did the ending the way they did it, Uh I I think it would have worked so much better. If this movie, yeah, if this movie would have focused on Kang, um, you could still been an Ant-Man movie, but if it would have been like, we're, you know, 50% of this movie 
is going to be focused on Kang. 50% is going to be focused on Ant-Man and Cassie and crew. Like, it could have still been an Ant-Man movie, but just get rid of the title of Ant-Man and the Wasp and just call it Quantumania. Everyone already refers to it as Quantumania anyways. Yep. They could have just put Quantumania and then, or and then like, if they really wanted a subtitle, like with Ant-Man and the Wasp. Mm-hmm. That'd be fun. I, and, I, I and like focus with Ken, like prioritize Kang perspective. Yeah. Like so much better. Yep. I, I, I agree. I think it would have been great. I would have loved it. Probably. Still wouldn't have fixed the MODOK stuff, but well, cut it would have fixed out. a lot of the other. Cut MODOK out and then we're even better. <laughs> yeah. There, there you go. Uh, so Raker, do you have any, any thoughts that you'd like to share? I know I've been kind uh, of chatting and stuff here, but I wanted to give you a chance to kind of go over some stuff because we've just been kind of, nah, I think, I think we've kind of covered everything. You know, it was a simple movie. It was, you know, definitely a popcorn movie. Um, and I, I agree. Ultimately I agree with Jacob. I think it is the beginning, the uptick of hopefully what's to come. I, I think one thing that can be established after this movie is, that's what sometimes you need to do. I mean, let's be honest, the last couple movies and TV shows with all these newer characters. And I like Shang-Chi and Oh yeah, that was I still think that was probably yeah, one of that, the best ones. I forgot oh, wow. that one, but yeah, it was good. Yeah. Um I I thoroughly thought it was one of the best ones. Yeah, but I mean like if you compare it like to the shows that we've had recently yeah. and such, like you know, it's cool to see that they can take an older character, bring them in, you know, have a movie. And, you know, that be the uptick. You know what I mean? Like, it's not like they had to create a new character or pull in a new character. Not that Shang-Chi's a, you know, not an older character because he is. But, you know, a lesser known one. You know, it was good to bring in a, a new um, an Avenger, mm-hmm. you yeah. know, and then start it, start it again. You know, bring the interest back by using a Avenger as the, hopefully, catalyst of... Hopefully, what's to come? Yeah, you know. So, but no, I mean it was strictly popcorn. I thought the effects were nice. Um, acting, like you said, Michael was on par. Mm-hmm. Uh, the introduction of Kang, you know, it, it did establish him as a pretty powerful villain. Yep. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I enjoyed it. I'm glad I went and saw it, and I'm looking forward to uh, Guardians, and maybe they'll build on it from there. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, we'll see what happens next. We got some, like you said, Jacob, ton of really good movies coming out here uh, soon. Definitely uh, some this year. I, I'm excited. You know, for me, it's Guardians and Spider Verse. Uh, yeah, I'm there's two for in both particular. Those. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So yeah, uh, so that's it. Uh, again, I apologize, everyone, if I've feel like I've you know kind of came down really hard on the movie. I had some problems, but I also I did enjoy myself though when you know my brother and I talked about it. He beat that dead horse. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I beat it, and then I, you know, poured it's gas. Blue now. Poured gas. Yes, you say make glue out of it or <laughs> Um, so yeah, I did it, but I did enjoy it though. So, you know, it, it definitely had its moments, and I got some good laughs out of it too. So. Uh, all right, everyone. Well, that's it for us. And so we'll uh, see you guys next time on the Freaking Geeks podcast. Thanks for listening. You geeks. Have a good one. 
Thanks for listening to the Freaking Geeks podcast. Be sure to visit FreakingGeeks.com as well as our Patreon page at Patreon.com slash FreakingGeeks for more great content. Also, please consider rating and reviewing us on iTunes. Trust us, it really helps. Now, if you'd like to write into the podcast and share your thoughts and ask questions, you can do so by sending your email to FreakingGeeksMedia at gmail.com. You can contact Michael on Twitter using at Michael underscore Lanage. You can contact Sarah on Twitter using at Labyrinth Rose or at Freak Geeks. Intro music for this episode is Danger Storm by Kevin MacLeod, which can be found at incompetech.com, licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution 3.0 license. Outro music is Nowhere Land by Kevin MacLeod, which can be found at incompetech.com, licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution 3.0 license. You can also find the attribution in the episode description as well.